0: Good morning, everyone. My friends, we have, um, between our first reading and our gospel, we have a teaching on the virtue of humility. And uh, we are told in the gospel uh, that Jesus is invited uh, to a large dinner. And since Jesus is invited to dine at the house of one of the leading Pharisees, uh, it is safe to assume that the other people who are invited are also Pharisees. It would be rare, uh, according to history, that they would have invited other people uh, because they were snooty and elitist. <laughs> um, and, um, so um, those likely that were' observing Jesus that we're told about are them, the Pharisees. and uh, uh, why were they watching Jesus so closely?? Uh, uh, they were watching Jesus so closely because they were waiting to see if he would again break the Mosaic law. You see, this dinner happened to be on the Sabbath, and they knew D- Jesus had a, a, a penchant for healing people whenever he wanted, and on the Sabbath, and they considered healing to be work. So right there, uh, it's faulty theology uh, for sure. But, uh, so they were waiting to see if he would do this again. But we're also told that Jesus was watching them. And uh, he was observing how they were all acting foolish, uh, or as we would say in Detroit, acting a fool, and uh, jockeying for all the best places at the table. And uh, one can only imagine what that looked like. Uh, They were looking for all the prominent seats. And um, here we see Jesus determines to teach them all a lesson in humility. He does so by actually telling two parables. Um, The second of these parables... Uh, what we hear in the gospel passage today. The other one uh, was eliminated uh, in our lectionary. Uh, it is a parable about the seating arrangements at a wedding feast. And um, Jesus says, One should not presume, he tells them, to seat yourself in a place of honor, uh, lest that seat be reserved to someone more distinguished than you, uh, and the host be forced to humiliate you in public. <laughs> By directing you to go sit at the children's table. (laughs) No, at another table. (laughs) That happened at a wedding once. Go sit at the children's table. Oh, no, not the priest. (laughs) No, 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 we don't go there. (laughs) My friends, on the other hand, um, he says, if you sit in the lowest place, your host may invite you up to a higher position, and you will thereby enjoy the esteem or the honor uh, in front of the other guests. In other words... Be humble is what he's telling them. Um, he says, if you are to be exalted, let your exaltation be done for you by others. And my friends, uh, we have a reading from uh, Sirach, which is part of the wisdom book. But Jesus' ideas, uh, of course, he's God. So, But it comes from Proverbs 25. We're going to take out our scriptures because Catholic Christians do read the Bible, despite what other people say. Um, so we'll go to... Proverbs 25, 6, 7. There it says, Claim no honor in the king's presence, nor occupy the place of superiors. For it is better to be told, Come up closer than to be humbled before the king. Also, uh, we have 27, 2, which uh, perhaps is even more important, what Jesus was getting at. Let another praise you, not your own mouth. Let a stranger do this, not your own lips. So you see, this is where Jesus is. Uh, This is what he's getting at uh, here. So my friends, uh, humility is a great virtue, but it's not one that uh, humanity in general uh, likes to put forth a lot. And uh, societies of late do not promote humility, uh, nor does it incline us to favor it. Um, Life, as we are told, is very competitive. And if you want to get somewhere, you got to step on people that's what I was trained to do in the corporate world and um, it usually puts forth that uh, humble people usually get walked upon and uh, as the old adage goes humility never won a war and uh, my friends uh, because I know we have lots of sports fans and I may be wrong you can correct me after mass but I was thinking Can you imagine the Seahawks head coaches and management giving players a pep talk on humility uh, before the game or at halftime? Don't push too hard. Uh, Give them the right of way. Don't say bad words. Can you imagine that? That's not going to win the Super Bowl, is it? No, no. Uh, Or how about um, on Wall Street, those big mega financiers? Can you imagine one of them actually attributing their talent for making money to God? (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to happen. But my friends, for that matter, how many Christians are convinced uh, that all we are and all we have is pure gift and grace from God? How often do we acknowledge God for everything that we have? And um, my friends, since the time of this writing of the gospel, since the time Jesus walked on the earth, and since the time of those arrogant Pharisees, not much has changed regarding humanity's avoidance of humility. And... Um, there's still a bunch of energy put into getting prominence in society and even in the church. And um, there is still a lot of self-righteous and self-serving uh, posturing in daily life, in loving, um, in serving, and even in worship. Um, and many folks you know, nod their head, yes, humility is good for somebody else. But as disciples of Jesus Christ, uh, we must remain humble. And um, many folks have their egos dented uh, when the praises and the honors and the awards are passed out and they are passed over. And uh, my friends, I have to be careful and balance my homily. Uh, my homily seeks to elevate humility, um, but in no way do I wish to undermine the right of people and society to recognize or praise a life um, or a talent spent in the service of others, um, or the importance of celebrating those uh, worthy of celebration because they mirror the goodness and the gifts of God and put their talents uh, towards helping others. Uh, so I don't, I don't want you to think that. And Actually, the Proverbs that I quoted you would, have, would contradict that anyway. They would say, you know, let others praise you. Uh, but don't do it to yourself. Um, and I don't think Christ would have wanted that. Rather, I th- our Lord is warning us against the presumption of imminence on our own parts. And uh, in doing so, he was not condemning the ability of others to recognize us and our worth, uh, should they wish to do so. And uh, in this, Jesus is resplendent and of the wisdom teachings uh, that I quoted uh, from Old Testament. And... Uh, my friends, there, um, Jesus, uh, in the gospel, uh, at the end, he talks about, uh, and sometimes it seems odd, he'll say, he looked at the host and he said, and by the way, when you, you invited me, but when you invite, invite people who are sick. And what you're in, what's missing from the lectionary, uh, our reading is uh, Luke 14, 1, and then 7 through 14. So 2 through 6 is... Eliminated uh, in the lectionary. Well, what's missing is Jesus is invited to the dinner, and at the dinner is a man who's sick. Uh, the scripture actually calls out what the disease. It's called dropsy, but we know it as ed- edema, and it's just a swelling and the retention of uh, body water, right, doctor? And it makes it very difficult for the person to move. So this person happens to be at the dinner. And um, the Pharisees, their idea is that if you are sick, it's because you did something bad and you're being punished, and they won't associate with you. So this is the odd thing, is that those Pharisees come in, they don't even notice the sick man. Had they noticed the sick man, they would have demanded he be thrown out in the street. And this is what's missing, and this is the piece that Jesus ends with. He tells the host, you... Stop inviting all these wealthy people and start inviting some of the other people <laughs> to your um, to your meal. And Jesus is dealing with something that was uh, a disgrace of his time. Uh, the Pharisees, like I said, when they had a banquet invited, they would not invite you. They would invite me because I happened to be an ordained minister if they recognized me and I had no scandal around me. So Jesus is kind of uh, getting rid of that, and the idea that if you're sick, you're a sinner. Well, the scripture says we all are. So, <laughs> there we go. Uh, so um, Jesus is telling him here. Here's another way of doing things. So uh, last night I presented two examples. Uh, they're they're kind of funny, but I'll do them for you. Um, let's say the person, your best friend, who hosts Taco Tuesday every Tuesday. Yay, Taco Tuesday! And uh, there's nothing wrong in the eyes of God. You're not doing anything wrong. Have your taco Tuesday. But I don't think that's getting you any merits for heaven. (laughs) Right? Right? There's no sin, but I don't know if that's going to get you any more help to get you into heaven. On the other hand, the person who spends Tuesday afternoon teaching Bible study or helping out at a soup kitchen or a nursing home That's pretty good. That's going to, you're going to get some check marks. Good, 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 good. Or um, the couple who hosts Saturday wine and movie night for their friends each weekend offends the Lord in no way that's very charitable uh, to their friends. But the person has done nothing special, uh, really, in Jesus' teaching and his words from today. Mm -hmm. In contrast, the person who regularly gives part of their weekend to coaching children or uh, leading a scout troop or uh, helping out with projects around a parish or helping the Knights of Columbus with a mission or helping the St. Vincent de Paul uh, assist those who are impoverished, um, that's putting into practice uh, what Jesus urges in today's gospel. And he says that will be rewarded. Those people cannot pay you back. For your kindness, this is what Jesus is getting at. And ultimately, Jesus tells his disciples, you will do this um, because this emulates um, God the Father who loves all of his creation and cares for it, even though we are handicapped by sin. And we have no way of repaying God back, yet God does it. So Jesus is saying, I need my disciples doing the same thing.